You're listening to Expansion, the podcast for EXP agents. Expand your skill. Expand your value. Here's your host, Glenn Sanford. Hey everyone, uh, Glenn Sanford here, and uh, this is the Expansion Podcast. And today, I'm excited to talk to Vicki Stevenson. Um, she's actually a four-time icon agent out of Flossmore, Illinois, which I just learned is about 40 minutes south of Chicago. Uh, Vicki, thanks, uh, thanks for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm delighted. So now, what you know the now we're you're Flossmore. We're, you've been in the business for a few years. Maybe you can just tell me a little bit about your your background. What what got you into real estate? What what has been your 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 uh, your journey in this uh, in this fine industry? Sure, um, I've had a a very interesting journey. I think um, I have real estate in my bones. My um, my grandmother actually bought um, property in Homewood back in the 40s and, you know, moved houses, you know, when they're being going to be otherwise demolished and, you know, use them as rentals and things like that. So, you know, she kind of uh, planted that bug in the whole family, um, but no one really did it. Um, I lived in, I grew up in New York. My father was um, uh, part of CBS News he, and uh, my mother also worked in television. And then one day they decided to buy a farm in Michigan. So I went from suburban New York to rural Michigan and uh, met my now husband in high school there. We were high school sweethearts. Uh, after um, college, I decided to um, go to law school and went to law school, but my path did not take me into practicing law. I actually um, started a computer consulting um, company with my late husband, and uh, we um, started kind of building some houses. And so we built a vacation house, and we worked on other houses locally. Um, after he passed, then I kept that going, and I started buying um, houses that needed renovating. So I, I bought and renovated myself with um, with help <laughs> um, houses, right. rent rented them. Um, connected with my high school sweetheart again, we married and we started doing that together. Um, then he suggested that maybe we should stop spending our own money doing all of that and start helping other people um, buy and sell houses. And uh, I got my license and he got his license a couple of years later. And we've been doing this for um, a little over seven years and have been top of our market for since year three. Okay. Now, now, what's the what's the population of of your in the area you work in? I'm I'm not familiar with Flossmore, so right. Um, Home, Homewood and Flossmore are neighboring towns, and we're kind of considered two villages, but one community. Um, so a lot of things are shared. We have um, the park district is shared. The high school is is HF High School. Um, so a lot of those things are together. So we we work in both communities kind of equally. And, uh, you know, we certainly do an awful lot in Flossmore, which is where we live. They're tiny little towns. Flossmore um, has about 8,000 um, and Homewood a bit more. And uh, it's, been, it's been fun being a part of this community and, and really working to sell the communities as well as sell people's houses and help people buy houses. It's working with the communities as well. Okay. And so when I look at like your website address, HF 
dash homes, I think. Does that mm -hmm. stand for, for Homewood Flossmore? Is that what HF it, is? It, it is. It's Homewood Flossmore. And, you know, when, and everyone around here, they, they kind of consider them one in the same. Um, there's definite differences between them, especially in housing stock. Um, Flossmore was built um, around golf courses. And so it has kind of older, grander homes um, for the most part, whereas Homewood was built as more of a working class. Um, so there's a little bit more of a starter home feel there, but there's definitely crossover and there's grand, beautiful homes in Homewood and starter homes in Flossmoor as well. But that's kind of the difference between them. Okay. So um, so I, I'm reading, you, you have a motto, which everything is going to be all right. Is that, is, is that, uh, how, how does that play into your marketing or any of that? Is that a, is that something that you, you use regularly or is it just something that kind of came up in sort of the interview process that, for the, uh, for the podcast? The, no, that is actually something, um, it was my father's motto, um, to the point where, um, the art department at CBS news had a stamp made and did a portrait of him using the stamp saying everything is going to be all right. And he lived by that motto, um, and I I live by that motto too. And I think I think that calmness and that assuredness that everything is going to be all right is part of the reason that I've been successful in working with with buyers and sellers. You know, on something that is a very major transaction for them. You know, it's very anxiety producing, and um, scary, and and sometimes extremely emotional. And being able to bring that motto of everything is going to be all right into how I approach working with people, I think gives them a little bit more um, reassurance that everything is going to be all right, even if things aren't going exactly the way they planned. Okay, well, makes makes sense. And I wish I would have had that motto when I was actively selling because it's pretty stressful for the agent as well. It can be, um, and with a model like that, it could calm the nerves when you're trying to to juggle the, the emotions uh, related to a transaction. So mm -hmm. uh, I love the phrase. Now, um, now you, you've been, I think, uh, what, I think maybe started at Coldwell Banker and, and then moved to EXP. Is that, is that, is that That's right? That's true. Yeah, I started at Coldwell Banker. Um, it had, um, it had a lot of what I was looking for. I enjoyed the atmosphere. Um, having an office that was right in downtown Flossmore, which was directly in between both of my children's schools. So, you know, starting out and, and re-entering the workforce as a mom, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, working from home wasn't really an option as much then. Um, so having an office to go to where I could still be very involved in my kids' schools and things like that was very important to me. Um, they, um, they decided to move out of our area, and I knew that that was the time for me to start looking for an, another opportunity. And I was lucky enough to have a friend who used to live here. Um, she and her husband had moved to North Carolina and became agents um, as a domestic team, which is what my husband and I are. And uh, she had been kind of talking to me about EXP for a little bit. And I had not been ready to hear about it yet. And so um, when I was starting to write, be ready to hear, here, I read, I reached out to her and said, hey, Debbie, let, you know, tell me a little bit more. And, you know, she was kind enough to, you know, be gentle with me, knowing that this was not something to be pressured, you know, into. 
um, but also brought in people like Keely Tace and Rich Tomasini to talk to us more and give us a different perspectives on joining this because it was a little bit hard for us to grasp at first, you know, because it was such right. a disruptor to the regular model. So it was so nice having um, people who were so willing to talk to us and explain the model to us um, in a way that, you know, it finally clicked and we're like, yeah, this is where we want to be. Okay, excellent. Um, so I, I, I didn't pick up on this earlier when we started our, our, our chat, but you've got mm -hmm. Two posters in the background there. So is this your office? So when you do a Zoom call, you you're sort of kind of connect, create a connection. This uh, this is my office. Yeah, I will say I maybe made it look a little better for this. <laughs> it usually does. Um, I had a, a a full brick and mortar um, in downtown Flossmore, not because I needed it, because I can do everything I need to do for EXP anywhere, um, but more because um, I like having a presence in the community. Um, and and you know supporting you know our downtown as well. Um, it, since then, um, you know somebody else who who needed that space a little bit more um, took it over, and I'm now um, in an office still downtown, but not a, a separate brick and mortar. And it works out great because there are still um, clients, particularly older clients, who prefer to meet me in the office, and I can do that um, with them. And uh, but I, I love the fact that I could be here. We can be at our lake house in Indiana. We can be, I could be visiting my son in Boston and um, still be able to do all the work that I need to do with all the tools that we have. Oh, excellent. And, and do, you, do you take your posters and like roll them up and take them to Boston so they're in the background? <laughs> Uh, no, um, I, I don't do that. I, uh, that's a great idea, though. Maybe I'll make this my like fake Zoom background. You know, there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, no, fun, fun. Um, so uh, now, what do you? What are you doing? Like, what's your? You mentioned supporting people who are looking to maybe fix and flip or buy for investment. But what is your? How do you source your clients? What's your what do you do for lead gen? Well, um, we'll work with anybody, you know, as far as, you know, the, the fix and flip doesn't happen an awful lot around here. Um, we're dealing with a lot of first time home buyers, a lot of people downsizing as well. Um, but the way we, we get clients is we do what we call hyper local marketing. Um, and in fact, I teach a class on this in the world in the icon series. Um, and it's how we've gotten successful is that we have made this area our niche and we really do things that support our community and, you know, explain to people, you know, how we are the experts in the community and, and how, you know, we can support them in making their sale or their purchase, um, with as much expertise as we can provide them. Um, and with that calmness that everything's gonna be all right rings along with it. Um, so when I teach the class, I talk about things like being very active in your community in ways that are not necessarily expensive. For new agents, it's very hard to put too much cash on the line you know, as you're trying to develop your business. So um, I'm a big believer in volunteering, um, being involved in the local government, you know, helping out at schools. Um, sometimes we have a booth or help out at a booth um, for, you know, a village event or a charity event. 
Um, you know, we have uh, we have house walks around here. That's one of our big charity events where people open up their homes for tours. Um, you know, we have you know we have a Frank Lloyd Wright house in town, things like that. So these are you know exciting houses for people to see. So you know, I'm always down. It's just like an open house, and I'm thrilled to you know get people into houses and, and show them that way. But all these things go together and, you know, put you out as an expert in your area. And um, and then, you know, it kind of snowballs. And people think of me when they think of, you know, buying or selling in Holman and Flossmore. Awesome. Um, so now what is now what is your it, right now? It's just you and your husband. Do you have an assistant or? I do. I have a, a part-time transaction coordinator, um, which is great because um, while I'm really good at dealing with people, um, crossing the T's and dotting the I's is something that I, I can use support on, and she's great at that. Um, but my husband and I work as a domestic team. Um, we do have um, several other agents as part of our Flossmore office that are part of our downline. Um, and you know, it's great because we support each other, too. You know, one just called me. She's like, hey, I'm going on vacation for a few days. Can you, you know, show that, you know, clients a house there or, you know, other times we'll, you know, cover each other's inspections, you know, all those things, you know, that an office supports each other on without us having to be in the office all the time. We just we're just supportive of each other. Oh, excellent. And then do you how do you manage all of the your conversations? You have a favorite CRM? I do. So I use KV Core um, and I use KV Core probably to the 10th of what its availability is. Um, there's so much out there. And uh, one of my goals for 2024 is to get a little bit more automated, which KV Core can do um, for me. Um, so I, I use that and, you know, a couple other things that, you know, help me with my time management, um, which is always a challenge in real estate because you know you're you're getting pulled in a lot of directions. You know, you get a call, you get you feel like you need to take it, or you know, a showing comes up last minute and it kind of throws you off. So, the time management stuff helps as well. Excellent. Now, um, current economy. Uh, obviously, we saw interest rates just jump dramatically last year. They're starting to moderate a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Are you noticing? Um, more activity in the market as it has it started to, to, to have you is that started to play a role? I mean, as obviously this is also a slower time of the year, so it might be hard right. to measure. But are are you seeing some more um, demand? I think there's about to be. Um, I'm getting I'm getting more calls now about getting things ready for the spring, um, which is great. You know, always that that period between Thanksgiving and New Year's is a little bit of a slower area, um, but I've had savvy sellers say, let's get it up now, there's nothing else on the market. And so, you know, we just put one live yesterday um, and we are seeing more demand. Um, I have a lot of buyers who just haven't had the right house come along yet um, because we haven't had the inventory. And I think that's gonna change in the spring, which is excellent news. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the people who perhaps bought or refinanced when rates were, you know, two and a half percent and have felt like it's a golden noose around their neck. They can't move and, and lose that rate, you know, especially when it was up, you know, seven, eight percent that they are now going to start loosening that a little bit if they start seeing rates, you know, trend a little bit lower. Yeah, I saw some some people post on on social rates under under six percent. So I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm not super 
tied into to rates specifically, but uh, just seeing seeing that happen um, is, is certainly uh, certainly welcome news for those who've been um, sort of almost priced out of the market because of interest rates for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've tried to encourage people to not be scared of the rates simply because if the rates drop, you know, especially if they drop quickly, we're going to have another flood of buyers into the market for still low inventory. And, you know, they'll be fighting the multiple offers and everything again. Whereas if you, you know, if you were to get into something before rates take a big jump, um, you know, you could always refinance down the road and, and not necessarily be fighting as hard to get a house as you would be once the rates drop. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, th there's, there's a lot of uh, obviously logic to that, you know, the you tie up the house that you really want. And if, if rates go down, then you can refinance. But if rates go up, you're still locked in at whatever you're at. So you, exactly. you have the benefits, whereas the mortgage companies are actually the ones that take most of the risk because interest rates go down. Guess what? Their mortgages go away because people refinance. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, consumers definitely get get the advantage. So, um, last question: uh, You know, what one piece of advice would you give to to EXP agents if you could give them just one piece? Um, I think, and I, I think the piece of advice that I often give to my mentees, I'm a mentor for the company as well, is to treat this like your own business because it is. You know, we we have the benefit of all of the things that EXP offers us. You know, we have amazing marketing um, things that are just provided to us. We have training, you know, tons of training, more so than I ever expected um, and certainly that I ever experienced at another brokerage. But um, you still have to, you ha have to take the initiative to do that. And, you know, you do sometimes have to invest your own money to on a business too. So you have to prepare to invest in yourself as your business in order to move forward. And, and sometimes, you know, that's a little bit of money, but it, it also is a lot of time. And so if you take the time to invest in your own business, you know, nothing in this business gets completely handed to you. You have to make the efforts for it. Awesome. Well, great stuff. Uh, Vicki, thank you so much for jumping on today. Um, great, great conversation. Great to learn a little bit more about, well, I'll learn a little bit. I, everything I learned about Homewood and Flossmore, I, I learned on this this podcast episode. So, uh, so well, if you're in Chicago, that. I would love to give you a tour. Oh, there you go. Well, well, so, sounds good. I'll, I'll probably work on doing it at a warmer time of year because it's starting yeah. to get cold. I know January yeah. can be brutal. Brutal. Um, yeah. And uh, but uh, thanks again, and thanks everyone for listening uh, to to this latest podcast. Um, so so with that. We'll, we'll say over now. All right. Thanks, Glenn. You've been listening to Expansion. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Thanks for being the best part of EXP.